0: Hi, it's Paul Camilos. Welcome to series five of Shooting the Breeze. Join me and my co-host Jacinta Gavin as we talk to inspiring players, amazing coaches and the legends behind the scenes and at the grassroots of the game. This marks the start of our fourth year of covering women's hoops and women in hoops. And throughout the series, we welcome experts like Lyndon Moore from New Zealand and other special guests from across the world to get a global picture of the game. During this series, We'll take a closer look at the grassroots and the passionate people at the community level. And of course, the 30th edition of the FIBA Women's Asia Cup will be heading to our shores for the first time to showcase the best women's hoops in our region. Hit that subscribe button and to show your support, rate and leave us a review on iTunes so we reach more listeners.
1: You know, it's a great feeling to know that you're a champion for the next, you know, six to eight months until the season starts again. And then now we have a target on our back, which is kind of exciting. I feel like our team's always been an underdog team; uh, we've never really been predicted to be successful, and we've defied the odds in that sense. So it's cool now, I think, to play at a different level of pressure and have teams come up to us.
2: In this pretty special episode, we have reigning champ with the Townsville Fire, Steph Reed, join us. This pod was such a blast. Steph shares the head spinning last 12 months and some personal stories from her college years to her favorite food. Having interviewed Steph in 2022 as part of my feature piece with the ABC Sports collaboration with Siren Sports, it's been an amazing full circle moment, hosting her here on Shooting the Breeze. In the last 12 months, she's become a two-time champ with mbl One North's Townsville Flames and more recently with the Fire in the WNBL. And she's part of the extended Opal squad with Asia Cup later this month. Steph's game has gone next level and she shares how phenomenal coaches such as Shannon Seabom and Sandy Brondello have helped her shape that. But what we love is Steph's passion off-court whether it's in her community work or broadcasting. We get some behind-the-scenes intel on her latest gig, Behind the Mic, which is also very cool. Enjoy!
0: Welcome to Shooting the Breeze. Joining me and my co-host Jacinta Gavind. it's a reigning WNBL champion, Steph Reed. Steph, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be a part of the show. I'm so excited. Um, it's been lined up in my calendar now for a week, and I've been counting down the days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, first of all, we've got to say congratulations, because you've had a pretty big 12 months. You know, it's <laughs> NBL North, WNBL Championship, and the extended squad for the Asia Cup. Yeah, it's been really
1: exciting. A lot of things that I didn't, you know, necessarily expect to happen, um, obviously hope to happen, but, yeah, it's been a really big, exciting 12 months. And, yeah, to win those championships back-to-back was definitely pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, it definitely uh, motivates you to keep wanting to win them. Once you've set a standard, you just want to stay up with it.
0: <laughs> so trying to do that currently. <laughs> cool. And I suppose... One of the big things, the WNBL championship, huge. I mean, absolutely huge. First of all, how did you feel when you knew you guys had it in the bag?
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was a funny feeling because that game, like anyone that watched the second game of the grand final series, knows how tight it was. Um, and the final score didn't really reflect how the game went, I think, you know all the way through that game it was stressful and like we obviously knew we were in control as we had game one but with about a minute and a half to go we realized like as a group in our huddle we're like guys we've kind of won like this this is real what do we do (laughs) a minute and a half like we're gonna play it out but like we're up seven or something and you know it just it just felt like we had won and yeah, it was a surreal feeling. I can't even describe it. I remember just huddling and just everyone's kind of giggling like out of excitement and not knowing how to act and just be like, stay cool, stay cool, stay cool. <laughs> <laughs> so when that siren went off and we could celebrate with everyone, it was just so exciting. It was just like an unbelievable feeling to do it with, you know, like we were all really close friends and I think that's what made it so special.
2: And I imagine that would have been the longest minute and a half of your career if you had that huddle thinking, I think we've won this. But then, like you said, what do you do? How do you cope? Like how do you put off the celebration and excitement for that whole fully timed minute and a half uh, knowing that you're going to have a WNBL championship in you know soon enough? Did you kind of rein everyone in and think just stick to this game plan or don't foul, don't do any... Uh, deflections nothing that's going to stop the clock because let's just hurry up and win this
1: yeah it was definitely like a moment of play it out to the end and you know you always want to act like you've been there before like I think you know the worst thing you can ever do is disrespect an opponent I think that you know like we wanted to make sure that that last minute and a half we were locked in like anything can happen in a minute and a half but it just felt so unreal so you know I was calling like long sets and long possessions trying to just make that clock go as long as possible Um, So it wouldn't stop anymore because obviously all trying to get to that final second where it goes off. But yeah, I think, you know, we had a very professional team this year and a team that respected everyone in the league. So I think, you know, we really locked in for that last minute and a half and knew that we had to still stay very focused and on the job.
2: And I'm sure it would have helped having two very good imports and like Shannon did a great job recruiting these imports for your season. They fit into his system and the team and the culture so well in Carly Samuelson and Tiana Hawkins. Was there a level of professionalism that already existed with your core group and did they add to it or were they kind of leading the way in that sense?
1: Um, I think that Shannon sets a really strong culture within our group and has for the last three seasons. So anyone that was there already knew what the standard was and what the expectations were, not just on the court, but off court as well. I mean, um, his three pillars, like one of them is professional excellence, and that means off court and on court professionalism. So, you know, being under Shannon for three years, I've seen him very much mandate that and action that uh within our culture and i think he recruits players that match that as well so he brought in tiana and carly who were both absolute pros and legends of teammates but you know they just added to that culture and they also were people who you know made sure that people were held accountable for not matching that culture too and i think when you bring in leaders of that caliber on the court as well that really puts your team in a great position for success
2: very good answer (laughs) thanks (laughs)
1: <laughs> thanks
0: <laughs> so you've been interviewed by Jacinta before yeah right?
1: yeah I have.
0: okay and at that time I think we're talking late last year you'd just recently been cut from the women's world cup squad but Sandy encouraged you to keep working hard so what have you been focusing on in your prep for you know potentially Asia cup
1: I have definitely been focusing on growing my ability to shoot the ball off the dribble you know a lot of teams at the end of the season decided that going under was the best way to guard me and I want to make sure that never happens again um, <laughs> <laughs> respectfully <laughs> you know when there's a way that you can be stopped you want to obviously want to counter that and make sure that's not Uh, something teams can do moving forward and when we had camp uh in Canberra not so long ago Sandy pointed that out to me too she said that's a part of my game that she thinks that if I can transform that I can really take my game to the next level and you know she's such a wise person and I really do appreciate that she's always been someone to give direct feedback and um, I've taken that on board and I've been working with Shannon a lot uh in preparation for the Asia Cup and you know he's just been so invested in making sure that part of my game grows and just giving me feedback every single session we do. And, yeah, I think that part of my game is really coming to life now. And, um, yeah, it's been a really big focus for me.
0: Now, I'm kind of curious about this because it's a bit strange. you, You become the WNBL champion and the season's over. That's it until the next WNBL season. So how does it feel knowing that, you know, okay, we're the champions, but it's sort of like, we've got this big gap before we get to the the next season where we're defending.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a unique feeling. Um, I've been working with Shannon a lot and he's been sharing with me, you know, um, the parts of our roster that are slowly coming together. And I'm really excited, you know, to have Gazy and Roof back specifically. um, That's been announced obviously, but yeah, I think this (laughs) season is going to be great for us. I think that, You know, our team can be stronger and better based off what he's doing and that just makes me want to work even harder to make sure that we're in a position next season to uh, win it again because, you know, once you win, (laughs) you don't really want to settle for anything less. So, yeah, I've been really, you know, it's a great feeling to know that you're a champion for the next, you know, six to eight months until the season starts again and then now we have a target on our back, which is kind of exciting. I feel like our team's always been an underdog team uh, we would never really been predicted to be successful and we've defied the odds in that sense. So it's cool now, I think, to play at a different level of pressure and have teams come after us because, you know, I don't think anyone really respected our roster at the start of last season. You know, we didn't have, you know, um, any Olympians, World Cup athletes, like nothing like that. So I think, you know, this year is going to be really fun to have that pressure and to have a bit, you know, higher expectations when people come in the door, they want to play us and they want to beat us. And that's really cool. And we're excited for that challenge.
2: Yeah, when we were doing, you know, when I say we, apart from Paul and I and all of our Twitter friends doing, everyone (laughs) loves, you know, everyone loves doing the prediction of, you know, top four of a season ahead of the season, who's going to win championship, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, the two Melbourne teams were high on the list. And, of course, the Flyers, because so much, you know, was thrown at their roster, right? And you guys were always in the mix. But, um, yeah, I feel like Townsville was probably underrated. Um, except for I will give a shout-out to Coach Paul Graham. He had you guys picked from the very, very start. <laughs> Before the season started, he's like, nah, Townsville are going to gonna win this season. But once the season kept going and we could see that team's focus was a lot on a very well-executed half-court offence and, A, the offence that you were running and, B, how well it was executed to get the right players open at the right time. You guys looked unstoppable. Like it was a bit scary. Um, to the thing where I was like, I think there was a period in the season really peaking at the right time towards finals time but before finals where I was like, nah, that's I really can't see a lot of teams being able to beat. Like they're going to have to pull out something to be able to beat you guys.
1: Yeah. um, I think that when we had those fever breaks, although some teams took those breaks, we didn't, Shannon like – there's a lot of people in the league that'll take, you know, load and rest and but I think we really took advantage of opportunities when we could train hard. And I think that's what really made a difference. I think our team competed. I like I've not been a part of a team that competed that hard in a very long time. Like every training was horrifically hard. <laughs> like, when Shiloh came in, like just matching up with her every day. You know, like you got Carly Samuelson matching up with Courtney Woods and, you know, Zatina and Roof. You got People just coming, our development players could contribute at a high level at training. So, when we got an opportunity to practice, I think that that was the times that we got better. And the last FIBA break, you know, there was a lot of banged up bodies and we took two or three days, but we didn't take any longer than that. And Shannon made sure that, you know, he did a lot of teaching along the way. And although it can be, you know, repetitive, I think that's what made our team so special is that everyone was on the same page. The basics were what we did so well. And every part of our actions we ran offensively, we did it textbook because that's how we'd been drilled every single day for the last six months. And I think, you know, that's what Shannon does as a coach is he just keeps going with the minor details to the point that we're all like, please change our warm up <laughs> But you know it gets the job done and like, my God, I gotta give it to the man. Like he has he turned us into well drilled, you know, machines. Like we just we knew exactly what we had to do at any given moment, any counter, just because of what he had done over and over with us through training. And that separated us, I think, in the end.
0: Uh, You guys had a little bit of outside assistance during the season (laughs) from Susie Batkovic. What was that like? Oh, she is just
1: legendary. I mean, I think, like, Suze is someone that, like, it doesn't matter what role she has on your team like on your staff like whether she comes in once a day once a week once a month once a season like she's someone that leaves a significant impact and just like even after games you know like we would win a game and everyone would be feeling so good and she'd come up to me and be like why didn't you grab their shirts and pull them in the huddles like that's your job and i'm like oh my god <laughs> like you know like and it's just she demands the best because she was the best like she knows what it's like to be the best to be a leader to win she knows the little things that it takes and i think when she came in and worked with our bigs like they died like they had such hard workouts and i was like thank god i'm a point guard <laughs> <laughs> thank, god. <laughs> thank god i wasn't her point guard because my god she would have worked me too but like she is just such a special human and like she bleeds orange for the fire like she will do anything for us for the club Um, She's proved that over the years. So, yeah, any impact she has on the team, like, it just makes a significant difference, whether it's, you know, small or large. She just makes a difference to a team's culture.
2: Yeah, Tracy, we talked to Tracy York and we asked her, you know, the main differences between coaching uh, males and females, and she said confidence, like female athletes and have more confidence, and she cited Susie Bakovich as the exception, who was the most confident player that she'd ever come across, or, you know, demanding the ball, knowing she's going to make the next shot, even though she would have missed like 13 in a row. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> true. It's um, so true, yeah. Yeah, and obviously that's paid off because we also mentioned now she has the MVP trophy named after her. Yeah. So. Totally.
1: She's so good. Like she was so good. But yeah, she like, she just instills confidence in people as well. Like I was pretty worried about my back at one point through the season and she sat down with me and she's like, the last season I won MVP, I was injured. I could barely train, but like, you've just got to go in and know you've done it before. And like, I'm someone that I get a lot of confidence out of the hard work I put in. So when I can't put that work in due to injury, it rattles me a little bit and like, just her saying that and being, I'm like, obviously I'm no Susie Bakovich, but, you know, like the fact that she could, you know, impart that wisdom into me and make me feel like I could be confident, like that's just the type of person she is. Like she just, she has it, she oozes it, and she makes sure she imparts it in the people around her. Like she's a very special person. I'm so grateful that we have her as part of the
0: fire. Let's step away from the elite basketball for a little while. Mm -hmm. And, you get involved at the grassroots level as well. Can you tell us about what you get involved in and what sort of programs you get involved in?
1: Yeah, so um, at the moment, I'm coaching the Division I Townsville team, um, the Flames. So the under-12s, they are like the joy of my life. Oh, my goodness. Every time I leave their trainings, I just get so happy. Like they are just so great. I made them homework books and they bring their homework books to training and they tick off every single day that they're doing all their work. And, oh, my God, it's amazing. They are literally so great. So I've been doing that recently. We have our first practice game on Thursday and I'm actually nervous. Like like how ridiculous is that? But, yeah, like they're just – With my boys, and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to have a game (laughs) plan. I haven't even taught them a press break. But, yeah, like they're just like I literally give them my all. I love them so much. They are just such fun kids. But, yeah, I do that. Um, I've been really fortunate with the Fire to run the Mendy Academy as well, so completely different. Uh, spectrum in terms of the age it's like the older kids that are more elite and representative basketball a few NPP kids in there too so I've been fortunate to run that last season and do all the on-court stuff with them and that was really really cool Um, but yeah I've been also just doing like youth engagement programs and the school visits uh, whenever people request them through the fire because I get to be here in the off season and be the only person so it's pretty fun as well so yeah I do a fair
0: bit. (laughs) And and in line with that you also got the WNBL Community Award. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, talk to us about that and like the other community work that you do, because it's really interesting that you you play in the WNBL. You're up in Townsville pretty much year round, and you're getting so heavily involved with the local community up there. So it's I think it would be great to hear from you like all this other stuff that you're doing.
1: Um, yeah, that's a bit so firstly the community award was the coolest thing ever because I've always prided myself on being a good person not just a good athlete and being involved in the communities that I've been a part of I feel like in Buffalo that's where it began doing like hospital visits and uh, work with like disability kids and taking them to football games so I fell in love with that aspect of basketball early because we get a platform as athletes to do that I think that's just really cool not everyone has an opportunity to do that so it's definitely something I try and pay forward. Like, you know, I am I worked hard to get here and I feel like I can pull people along with me. So I try my best to do that. So I'm an ambassador for the Brighter Lives Hospital Foundation, which is the association that's, it's a foundation that's linked directly with Townsville Hospital. They work in providing equipment, providing resources for people when they're going through chemotherapy. They provide new toys for the kids' rooms and they're just so supportive of the families and the community that are like involved in the hospital, including the nurses and staff. So I've been really fortunate to be a part of that and also meet amazing people that I've been able to form relationships with now that hopefully last a lifetime. I also ran the youth engagement program last year at the Cleveland Youth Detention Center. So that was very eye-opening for me. I used to go into the Uh, Detention center every second Wednesday with Gemma, our community engagement officer, and she goes above and beyond for these kids. She would bring in all kinds of eyeballs and fruit and everything for them. She's genuinely the best human in the world. So we'd go in and work on well being with them. That was the best. I like I genuinely enjoyed that every time. And so many people say negative things about the kids in there, but like once you meet them and learn their stories, you have a different perspective and realize that they're all just human and they all have reasons that they've gotten to that point. So, yeah, that's, like, the two main things in Townsville that I do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anything else that pops up along the way, I usually just somehow find myself involved. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's well, a lot of things to split your time between, though. Like, you just – I mean, coaching – I mean, being a pro athlete is already a lot of time, but then coaching uh, – A rep team that's like another job that's a whole lot of time but then doing oh just just two more like major charity things and ambassador for a program like that's that's four jobs steph yeah that's four that's That's a lot and then we're going to get into the fifth job a bit later on and ask you about that but um, it, yeah, it's, t- and I know that you're competitive and uh, you come across as someone who doesn't like to sit still for long periods of time very Absolutely. often. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I imagine keeping busy is, is important. But yeah, it's how do you stay on top of it all?
1: Well, I have the Google Calendar app on my phone. that is like that is my literal everyday. like my schedule runs by that like if there's phone call with Shannon it goes in like I schedule my life um I'm extremely organized I have to be (laughs) so Gemma started me on that when she started scheduling me for schools and youth engagement visits so I started using the app but I realized very quickly how useful it was so um, I use that, but, yeah, I really don't like sitting around and if I can find something to do, usually I just say yes to everything because I enjoy it. And then all of a sudden my day off becomes busy from 7.30 till 5 and I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> my off day. But, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. Like I am really grateful that I'm given so many opportunities to do so much here. and Like this community is so special. They really do get around me and, like, I've made a lot of meaningful connections here, which is why I stay all year round. So, yeah, I wouldn't want it any other way, but, yeah, I'm really busy.
0: <laughs> now, before we get into your fifth job, I, I want to talk a little bit about your time in Buffalo. You went to college in Buffalo. The first question I've got about that is, how did you choose Buffalo?
1: Um, well, good question. So I was talking to them in the middle of my year 12 year and I thought I was going to go and my best friend had signed with them and I was heartbroken not for her I was really excited she was going but I thought we were going to go together and they were like no sorry we've actually signed a Croatian point guard Um, it's just not going to work out I was like oh no that sucks (laughs) I'm definitely not going and then Courtney my best friend called me one morning before school like I was driving to school Obviously, responsibly, I pull over, (laughs) and she says, they want you too. And I'm like, who the heck are you talking about? She's like, Buffalo, they want you, they want you. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, Coach Cherie's trying to call you, answer your phone. (laughs) So (laughs) I answer, and they're like, do you want to come? I was like, yes, are you kidding me? Like I've wanted to play college basketball since I was a kid, like a really young one. Of course I want to come. She's like, all right, cool, well, you're in. And I was like, oh. I just committed, oops, like <laughs> 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 Coach Jack, like I literally went into our pastoral care or whatever it is when you do roll call in the morning. And I was like, I'm going to go, like I'm going to Zoom with a college and it's like life or death. I don't have time for school today. Like I need you to just understand that I'm going to go do that. My teacher's like, Oh, okay, whatever. So I go into one of the study rooms and FaceTime the coach. She's like, Stephanie, I'm officially offering you a spot. I'm like, Yeah. She's like, do you want to ask your mom? I was like, no, should will be fine. <laughs> like, of course, I just want to go. What do you mean? Like, so then, yeah, I, I finished year 12. I found out I was going. We booked flights for the 28th of December. So I'm getting this call five days before my first exam. Like, how, stay in school, kids, but like how was I going to motivate myself? Year 12 exams knowing it didn't matter anymore. So Yeah, so I stopped studying and went to the gym. <laughs> I was shooting for five days straight, and did all my exams and left and, yeah, never looked back.
0: <laughs> so you'd never been there before?
1: No, I had no idea where it was. And Coach Jack, <laughs> I love her to death. Like, she is my one of my favourite people on this planet. She lied. She's like, yeah, it's not that cold and it's not uh, far in New York. It's <laughs> minus 22 <laughs> degrees in the winter and it is six-hour drive from New York City. So it's blind to me. <laughs> like what do you mean it's not that cold I'm looking at the weather in October and it's snowing what do you mean (laughs)
2: and did she tell you that part before or after you officially committed like was it kind of like oh yeah and by the way You know, to help sweeten the deal of you committing, I will tell
1: you that it's not that far from New York. I'm not even going to lie. Like, at that point, if there was a college in Antarctica, I would have gone. Like, I just wanted to play (laughs) basketball, and I knew that if I didn't go to college, I was not going anywhere. So, like, I was ready to work full-time and play off the bench for Siebel. So, you know what? I would have gone anywhere. Like, you could have sent me to the middle of nowhere in a blizzard, and I would have (laughs) gone. So, yeah, it didn't matter what she said. I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then I got there. I'm like, you liar. <laughs> I love you so much, but you're a liar.
0: <laughs> now, I mean, it, it's a big football town as well, right, mm. with, with the Bills being based there. First of all, how big was College Ball compared, you know, like in town given, you know, there's, there's an NFL team in town as well?
1: Yeah, see like our team wasn't very successful when I got there. <laughs> so our games did not get many people. The men's team though, they always sold out. We did not. But it was cool because what was really awesome was over the years it actually really picked up and we started selling out towards my junior and senior year. So you saw the program grow. But yeah, it's definitely a football town and like the Bills is awesome. Like we we loved going to the Bills games. But yeah, it definitely was not a basketball town, but you know, the UB fans are pretty faithful. And, I mean, it's a school with 20,000 people enrolled. So, you know, it doesn't take much to pack out the stadium with some alumni and a few of the students. So, yeah, they got around it. And, like, people knew who we were and, what, like, where we played. So that was pretty cool too. And, yeah, it was a good town. Like, I really enjoyed it. And they did get around the basketball, um, not as much as the football, of course. But, like, it was, it was very supportive. Like, they were really good. What is a
2: bill? Did you learn that while you're in Buffalo?
1: What is a bill? No, you know I never actually asked that question. I should have asked.
0: <laughs> well, like,
1: I was just like, "Go bills!" Yeah. Like, there's, what a life there, is,
0: there is something that they say about about the bills, but it's not nice.
1: Oh, you know, it's not. It not good.
0: It's off air no, 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 no. It's not. It's not an off-air. It's because they had a really bad streak of getting to the Super Bowl and not picking up the silverware. So, what it ended up being was Bill stands for Boy, I Love Losing Super Bowls.
1: Oh, that's tough. Oh. Yeah, it was. It was pretty tough. Yeah, that is. Ugh. Jeez. That's more than <laughs> an ideal, is it? No.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. The one bill that I'm really uh, fond of is the Buffalo
1: Bill. So, like, <laughs> yeah. not. I'm not fond of the bills that I have to pay
0: a lot of the weeks. No. no.
1: no they're the bottom <laughs> of the list. <laughs> yeah. <That's the> <laughs> on <bottom laughs> <of> the list.
0: <laughs> I don't need those. <laughs> so, so what was it like going to I mean you I'm guessing that you did go and watch watch them play?
1: Yeah, and Actually, every time I went, they won. So I should have probably gone to more games. People would have liked me more. But <laughs> yeah. I always went when they won. I mean, I only got to like one or two games a season, but they always won when I was there. Um, I went one time when it was snowing. So that was an experience. I was like, who plays football in the snow? Like, what kind of weirdness oh, yeah. is this? And why am I standing here pretending I'm enjoying it? Like, come on now. <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> but yeah, it was like it was fun. And they have the best, like the Bills are known for not winning, but having the best tailgate in Oh yeah. The NFL. So like for those who don't know, like tailgating is where you just have a big barbecue in the car park and everyone drinks beer. Now we weren't obviously drinking beer because we were athletes, but my God, I ate a lot of hot dogs (laughs) every time I went. (laughs) They just are so different fresh off the barbecue. They were just so good every time. So yeah, it was good. It was good fun.
2: Tailgates are such a phenomenon to me. Where I was like, "What do you mean? It's a party in the car park? Like what? A
1: literal party? Like, oh my god, it's amazing!"
2: (laughs) And like, most of the people at the tailgate don't actually have tickets to the game, right? Yeah, they just party in the car park and watch it on a portable TV
1: or something. People buy houses near the stadium so that they can sell their like their lawn (laughs) and their like house for car parks, like they charge $20 for you to park there. And we probably fell into that trap every time. Like it's just, (laughs) you literally just go and there's just tents and tables and barbecues. Oh my God. It always smells so good. It smells so good every time. It's just food everywhere. It's like heaven for me, but yeah, there's just everything set up for miles beyond where the eye can see. And then everyone just goes to the game and they're just loud and excited and they could lose by 30 and you'd still be excited. I never was there when they lost, but <laughs> they would still be excited. you can still hear them.
2: Wow. That's uh, such a unique experience. I know that the Townsville Fire put a parade on for uh, your team when you won the championship and you have a very loyal and committed fan base up there. Like uh, last season when – you know, when it was announced that Mia Murray wasn't returning, one of our lovely listeners it was like, my friend's so upset, she's just called me crying, Mia Murray's leaving the team. And I was like, damn, like these <laughs> supporters are really hardcore. <laughs> and given that, it sounds like there's space for Townsville Fire to start a tailgate.
1: You're probably right, to be honest. I don't see why not. I have to talk to Sam about that. I'm sure she'd be keen. She'd be so keen on the idea.
0: Yeah. Look, if you can't do a tailgate, at least organise food trucks.
1: Mm, that'd be good. I do like yeah. Yeah. trucks,
0: and I think this is something that every like WNBL it. team, right? <laughs> every WNBL team should be organising food trucks out front of all their stadiums throughout the season, because some of the food in some of the stadiums. It's not that good.
1: Yeah. It's hard, hey, because, like, we're pretty lucky. We play at the Entertainment Centre, so, yeah. like, the experience for our fans is very, very good, and, like, they are very fortunate. Like, even the boxes and the food that they get, I like. I can smell it from the bench sometimes. I'm like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> like mind you when you're in the middle of a game the last thing you ever want to smell is like hot fries or any of that like (laughs) but I don't know something about it like I can see people eating and everyone seems to enjoy themselves so you know I think like they do a really good job but yeah stadium food is never typically good so there's definitely room for growth across the league I would say
2: and if you're ever missing from a warm-up you know uh, where I
1: am. Yeah, we know where you are. It's not <laughs> hard to find me. Yeah. <laughs> where you it's smell food, you'll cup. find me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typically how it goes. You can ask anyone.
0: <laughs> so, you know, since we, since we haven't kind of gotten right away from basketball for a bit, let's go back to your fifth job.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. That old you know, thing. Your,
0: your, your weekly radio gig on uh, Hit 103 in Townsville. First of all, how did that come about and what do you do? So we're very
1: fortunate. This year we picked up a sponsorship with SCA's, So we have Hit 103.1 and Triple M, you know, so both of them promote us like all season long. So we went in, me and Courtney Woods, when the, like everything got signed and finalized and we did a big like sponsorship announcement. So we got to go and do social media and meet everyone. Like we met all the announcers and I was like, these people are just so happy. They're just so cool. Like everyone was just so enjoyable to be around. Like, what kind of workplace is this? Like, I've never seen people go to work and actually enjoy themselves. Like, everyone just, like, they just were all so happy to be there, and they all just thought we were the bee's knees, and they were just so nice. Like, everyone was just so nice. So, we did a tour, and I was starting, I got like a gig with them doing the morning stuff through the fire. So, we had part of our partnership agreement was that every Monday I would go in at 7.30 and we did a live segment with Pricey, who is the triple M breakfast show up here. He's been here for like 50 years. He's retiring this year. So he's a legend. But um, I'd go in with him. I'd bring a player with me. So like anyone from Michaela Roof who loves talking to Z, who doesn't necessarily like it so much, and they'd do a live interview. And then we'd go next door with Nate from Hit. and. We'd talk to them for you know on like a pre-record and edit it up, and it would just be so much fun. I was like, this is so cool! Like, I want to learn more about it. And I met the Rush Hour people and um, Annabelle Brett. She's like my radio mentor. She is the co-host for the Rush Hour, so they do all of the drive from Cairns all the way down to Gladstone. And she was like, you would be great at this. You should really give it a try. Like, if you want to come in, you can sit in on our sessions. I was like, what? How cool is that? I get to sit in for the afternoon show? Like, how amazing. And then I was sitting in. I was like, God, I want to do this. And she's like, well, you should do some demos. So I did some demos with Harry and they were like, oh, well, what do you think about doing a show? I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So we started recording and me and Harry just kicked it off. We just became besties within like a week. And I haven't really looked back since. Yeah, it's been been really fun. So, yeah, we just talk about life and basketball and local things and. It's just, it's such a blast. Like, I'm so grateful that they gave me an opportunity because, yeah, I definitely see myself doing it after basketball now for sure.
2: And do you have a producer for the show as well where, you know, they'll feed you like different topics to get callers to to come in uh, with their stories and stuff? Or are you and um, your partner in crime just let loose in the studio on a Sunday?
1: Oh yeah, no, we do it all. Like we, we don't have producers. Like we're just, we're all in. We do everything. So we come up with our own content. Nate is our like our boss. So he does a lot for us. He helps us out. He's been our mentor really with everything because. He's the national content director, and he's been helping us left, right, and center. We're really fortunate in Townsville. A lot of the big bosses are there, so they all give us guidance and help us along, and they've been really good in like growing me and making sure that I get better (laughs) because, God forbid, I was awful at the start. (laughs) They were like, you're so good. I'm like, you're lying, (laughs) and I can take criticism because I've been criticized (laughs) with your film. The last thing you need to do is pump me up, but um, yeah. So it was like they just he helps us immensely, but yeah, we come up with all the callers and everything, and um, yeah, we just record it all and have fun.
2: That's the main thing. As long as it's fun, like that's the best. And I, I love how it happens so organically as well. Like it was just kind of like this is fun, and then it all kind of one thing led to the other. But it's really surprising to kind of touch on an interesting point. How when so- sometimes when pro athletes go into another field you know like if it's tv radio broadcast whatever how like there's been feedback from like bosses and producers and stuff that I've heard in the past where they love having current or ex-professional athletes in those spaces because they're so good at taking criticism Yes. but they're so no used to taking <laughs> criticism good bad or having that insight in being like oh you know what this wasn't very good i know i can do better next time i'm going to focus on x y z like that just becomes your natural train of thought so when you get into yeah, the sure. kind of creative opportunities people love that stuff so your yeah. athletics your
1: skills as an athlete in that sense will definitely work in your favor yeah, yeah for sure definitely they're, they've been really good and they air check us every week so we listen as a group and they just you know rips us to sh- now nah, he usually is like so excited <laughs> he's like yes that is so good oh yes that's excellent and i'm like oh Nate, please keep compliments coming <laughs> i'm going to record it and give it to shannon <laughs> like shannon look it's funny like it's just it's really cool like they're really invested and i think you know it, i think as athletes too you're just so competitive you want to be the best at everything so you just take on board everything and um, you're used to having to change, like you're used to having to adjust and learn on the fly. So I think that's definitely playing to my strengths in that aspect with radio. Cause you know, you just learn so quickly.
2: Yeah. And adjust quickly too. Like you said, as you know, when you coach juniors and it's like, you know, if, if you want to be a really good athlete, one of the things you have to learn when you're a junior is being able to take feedback and make the change really, really quickly. Like that's what kind of what helps you make you elite. But yeah, I think in those industries it's the same. If you're going to be working in radio and be able to make be so adaptable, like world is your oyster.
0: Absolutely. Now, you said that you had at the beginning you did something with Michaela Roof. Now, do hmm. you on the show do you get any of the other players from the team to come on for just to see what what happens?
1: Oh, not too much. Not too much. Sometimes when stories are like relevant. So I did one story about how bads um, like they thought I should pay spads to mow the lawns because I was gonna pay someone else And I was like I'm not paying spads to do the lawns If she offers that's her fault. like if she doesn't want to pay, that's her fault like I'm not I'm not paying spads like are you kidding me? like I'll pay someone else that'll do the job you know like what? So we talked about that and Shannon was like, no, you should pay her. And I'm like, Shannon, what like get out of this this <laughs> is not your business. So then when I did the story, we called Shannon and were like, you know what, Shannon, explain yourself. And he's like, oh, um, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> but, yeah, he's back to his point and he's like, you know, I think you should just, you know, look after or her, buy a her dinner. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a bit more affordable, so good option. Um, but, yeah, I do involve them when stories include them. But some stories, like I don't think people want to, you know, be named and shamed. So <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep it on the DL sometimes. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Do you ever give him a heads up of like, oh, we might be talking about this on the show today. So just keep your phone on loud and you might get a call. Like, <laughs> was Shannon expecting you to call that day and be like, hey,
1: Explain your side of the story. <laughs> yeah, he knew. I was like, we're gonna call you at this time. And sometimes with interviews you can like pre-record it to save time. So we did his call during the break, which was good, and then you can like edit it and put it straight in. So that was good, thank God. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really cool. Like just learning the behind the scenes of radio has been really cool. It's been very fascinating.
0: Going forward, we do have to go back to basketball every once in a while. <laughs> let's just kind of look you touched on it earlier free agency there's been a lot of changes going on any of the changes that have been announced so far have really surprised you where you've kind of like gone wow i wasn't expecting that one
1: yeah i think sarah moving was pretty um i didn't expect that at all i thought that was interesting really moving even i thought i mean obviously they have a new coach so you know There's gonna be movement here and there, but you know, I didn't expect that either. It ought to go, you know, to Melbourne, but like I know they'll put a strong team together around those two. So I'm not surprised by that. And I think like the mass exodus of Perth has been pretty interesting. When that free agency list came out and everyone was a free agent, I was like, Whoa (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like that is wild. And then like all this news coming around, circulating about Perth all over Twitter and everything has been pretty interesting. So um hoping that they can solve that issue because, you know, the Perth trip is one of the most enjoyable, like it's a great place to play. So, and they have a really big fan base. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see like who they get this season. But yeah, I think that there's going to be some news that shakes up free agency across, you know, the next few weeks, I believe, and I'm pretty excited. <laughs> so yeah. so
0: do, do we get any, any sneak peeks?
1: No, I will get into <laughs> so much trouble. There is no way. <laughs> I wish. Oh, my God. I wish, but no. No, no, no. Oh, I just, yeah, I wish.
2: Because <laughs> yeah. free agency is, like my, my favourite time of the basketball year in especially in WNBL, but also in NBL, because I don't know why. I just really like the excitement of, you know, like Sarah Blissav's going from Flyers yeah. to Boomers. Like that's massive because Amazing. she's played a whole career for Dandenong slash Flyers, except for maybe one or two seasons where she's a Bendigo. Yeah. Um, and now she's like, yeah, going uh over enemy territory back to Boomer. like not back to, to the Boomers. Not yeah, yeah, no, yeah I did not yeah. pick that one. Neither. But, uh, so part of me is also glad that you can't give away any secrets because I like the excitement. of now, <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm just, I'm excited. I think, you know, like we've got such a good returning group of people. I think any addition is going to be great. You know, like, I, I think the core group we have is good enough as is. So it's going to be cool to add to that. Yeah. I'm excited. Very excited.
2: And lots of really good college players have come back too. Like mm. a big crop of really good Aussie college players. So Izzy Bourne has just started to play NBL One East in for Canberra. Um, so she just finished up in Nebraska. You've got, uh, you know, Ella playing at Geelong. I know there's a whole bunch more because I used to have a list. But Haley oh, no. Fowler,
1: yeah, Alex Fowler's is
2: back. Alex Fowler, not ha- I always say Hayley, Hayley Andrews. Anderson, yeah, Haley Andrews and Alex Fowler from Portland. But yes, Alex Fowler, she's back. Is she has she um, played for you guys in NBL One yet?
1: Yeah, she played our triple header, A dreaded bloody triple header. Like, wow. God, yeah, that wow. wow well, seen. <laughs> that was. What a horrific. And then play the best team Sunday when they've not played a game yet. Like, are you actually kidding? At 11.30 in the morning, I'm like, come on now. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I was so sad. I was like, this is ridiculous. But, yeah, she played those three games. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> she landed, like, Wednesday <laughs> that week, played three games, you know, good on her. But, yeah, no, she works hard. I really like Alec. She's a good person, good teammate. I think she's brought a lot to our Flames team. So um, it'll be interesting to see if she can, you know, transfer that into WNBL level. I know she hasn't signed anywhere yet, so I'm not giving anything away with that. Like, I just think, like, she's extremely talented, and I think, like, any team would be really fortunate to have her. So, yeah, I've, I've been really grateful to have her back. And, yeah, she's making a big difference. I can, yeah, I can vouch for that. She's a, she's a good person, good player.
2: Mm, yeah, I'm hoping to see on a roster somewhere as well,
1: actually. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: <laughs> so I want to find out, what's one thing that fans don't know about you that you actually wish they did?
1: Oh, that I wish they did. See, like, yeah. this question, I know it shouldn't be like a surprise to me, but I just can't think of a great answer. <laughs> tried my best, but it's just like, um, I don't know. There's so many different, like one is that like, <laughs> I don't know. I thoroughly enjoy puzzles, but I've posted that all over my Instagram. I'm pretty much an open book. So it's really hard for me to think of something I want people to know because if I want them to, I usually tell them. I love chocolate brownies and accept them in all forms. Like, please know that and feel free to like <laughs> do that anytime. <laughs> like, any time really like I mean just don't poison me or something but like brownies up to games I wouldn't say no to if you bought them to me so just FYI <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I'm always looking for good Netflix series like not scary ones because I actually cannot handle anything scary but yeah if you got a good one just please let me know please <laughs> I'm pretty basic <laughs> Brownies and Netflix.
2: <laughs> the simple pleasures in life. You can't go past them sometimes.
1: I'm so simple. Like I actually can't express to you how simple of a person I am. I'm not busy. It's brownies or Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: don't, I don't think that's a... Uh, perfectly reasonable to be honest but your your uh, invitation for brownies out there kind of reminded me of how Steph Curry you know he used to eat heaps of popcorn and big popcorn fan and he used to eat the popcorn at every venue where they used to play one season and like have this very extensive rating system of the popcorn in terms of I think it was things like taste texture level of saltiness, all that kind of stuff, right? I think there are like seven categories. I'd have to double check. But you have an opportunity. Hopefully enough people from different clubs and capital cities will listen to this episode. You have now the opportunity to be able to rate the best brownies on your away games. Literally oh. and home games.
1: Let's not and neglect the <laughs> of Every home game. <laughs> Please don't think that you're not welcome to bring me brownies at home games. Of course, you know, like the opportunities are endless. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's me.
0: <laughs> I so, yeah. would
1: happily take that up.
0: <laughs> okay, so here's here's the big question for brownies. Do you like peanut butter on top of the on the brownie?
1: No. I actually oh. despise the existence of peanut butter. Like,
0: oh. if there was <laughs> one
1: unpopular you know, opinion, I can see. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just
0: because my, it, my daughter actually baked up a batch of chocolate brownies earlier this week, and they put some peanut butter on top to kind of have a little bit of the salt offset the sweet. No, No, no,
1: no. no. no don't ruin something good. Like, don't do that. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Sorry. No disrespect, but like, come on now. Like, it's like when they make those like chocolate fudge brownie donuts, and I'm like, can we just stick to one thing or the other? Like, I don't understand why we have to complicate something so great. Like, donuts are so good. The the only exception is lemon cheesecake donuts because, oh my gosh, they are just to die for. But other than that, like, don't ruin a good thing. Like, there's no need to, like, add four different desserts to one and just say, yay, like, no, like, don't do that.
2: Especially if it's, like, a hybrid between a fudge brownie and a donut where on their own are both very good things. And then you make a hybrid and the hybrid is no good. Just focus on making the originals really well. And the hybrids are always like a disappointment. Don't bother. 100%. Like
1: chocolate fudge, brownie, ice cream. Like, what are you doing? Can you just stop? Like, I don't want chunky (laughs) ice cream. (laughs) Like if I wanted a brownie with my ice cream, I would buy them separately. Like, why would you do that? These are the things that I think about very often.
0: (laughs) Just cause like a five minute rage. No, no, see, now you, you've got you've actually got the makings of a the book there. Right? The wisdom of Steph Reed.
1: Yeah. I'm very wise to Brownies. <laughs> <laughs> and most desserts actually. <laughs> There's not many things that go past me on the dessert table. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, at least you, you did answer the question then. The one thing that fans don't know about Steph Reed, uh you don't like peanut butter. she's obsessed
1: with brownies (laughs) (laughs) that she can't stop talking about them. (laughs) People are probably listening like, shut up, Steph. What are you doing? (laughs) You're
0: going to get so many messages like, are you serious?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's me. Okay. So I suppose that the only other thing that I really want to ask you is, given this upcoming season, how confident are you that you guys are going to be right up at the pointy end towards the end of the season, and I know it's a tough question to ask.
1: it's not it's like I'm so confident <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confident in Shannon putting together a great roster and him being able to do what he did with our team. I mean having like the continuity as well, like having Ruth back and Gazy. Like, two people that are great basketball players but really great for morale. Like, I think, you know, and then you've got me, Woody, and Z all coming back. That's pretty key pieces to already be locked in to, like, what you have to do. So then you just keep bringing, you know, people in that also can be locked into that. I, I don't know. I just, you know, Shannon's incredible. Like, he can get a whole team of people on a mission and everybody heading in the same direction. And I think that the team that he's going to put together is going to be pretty good. So I'm pretty excited to be at the point. And, um, yeah, I'm very confident that we can definitely be in contention to win again.
2: He'd be really good at Survivor because he sounds like someone who's always thinking like three or four moves ahead of everyone else. Yeah. In in terms of strategy, not just the X's and O's, but in terms of the recruitment and then – Yeah, I just feel like he's always a few steps ahead of everyone else in that way, and that's so
1: hard to beat. He's just so adaptable. Like he's just – I think he's just so highly intelligent, especially like in the basketball world, but like outside of the basketball world, but in the basketball world specifically, he's just so highly intelligent that like if a recruiting thing didn't go to plan and he had to swing, like he can find a way for it to still be successful. I think that's just so unique. If anything goes wrong, you know, we get injuries or, like, knock on wood. But, like, when we had injuries, like, his ability to just pivot and find ways for the team to still be successful and to work around that, like, he's just unmatched. Like, he's just in a league of his own. He's so smart. Like, I've just worked with this guy every day. Like, the way he thinks and the way he sees the game and, yeah, there's no way that he can be at the head of a team and not be successful. Like, he just knows what's going on
0: and has too much knowledge. Okay. Steph, it's been great having you on the show. Really looking forward to the upcoming season. Also, we're going to have to check in on you and see, you know, get your ratings on where you get the best brownies across the season as well. For sure,
1: yeah. (laughs) Count me in. (laughs) Count
0: me in. Okay, Steph, it's been great. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a lot of fun. (laughs) No worries.
0: Shooting the Breeze can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends.